my beautiful little daughter turned five last week and uh we had a, i had to go feed the mouse i had to go to disney uh, yeah house of mouse well little one makes a half a decade you gotta go it's pilgrimage right that's right podcast i'm your host danny paul with me as always is the vice host leon coventry leon danny happy thursday back in the saddle man we missed you last week yeah it was good i needed the week anyway but uh yeah we have another special guest the punish will be joining us today you may recognize the punish from a former episode in the series we wanted to bring him in for the brown bullets and get his take on things welcome pun how are you doing thanks so much i'm doing well Okay, boys, let's get into it. What's our brown for today? Uh, I will kick it off here. This one's interesting. Uh, this was recommended by Triple B and follows his Instagram feed. This is Pinhook. This guy's got a big uh, fascination with horse racing, obviously. But what's interesting about this one specifically, and if you go check it out, Oh, by the way, the one I'm drinking tonight is from the Bourbon War Collection, and uh, it's pretty high proof, but they see each barrel and is really kind of each harvest. It's almost closer to wine than it is bourbon because the way that they seem to promote it has got different flavor profiles for each year. And this one's only a four-year-old, but it doesn't taste like a four-year-old. It tastes way more mature than than only a four-year-old bourbon so i'm a fan of it it's around the 40 dollars range if you find it it's a, it's a neat looking bottle one that you pick up i'm not going to say it's the best bourbon i've ever had but i'm not going to say it's at the bottom of the barrel and put it right in the middle right i mean it's priced right and uh it's a fun bourbon to have so pin hook give it a try pin hook p-i-n-h-o-o-k that's right very well how about you, Pun? What are you rocking today? All right. So I wasn't I wasn't going to do it, but I brought a little something. I brought uh, a little bit of scotch. Ooh. Attaboy. Uh, Flyinglish, 14. I'm low on calories, so I can I can splurge a little bit. But uh, the, this is a funny story you brought up. 46%. I try not to go below 40. I Actually, I don't. I won't get a good bottle of 40 unless somebody, unless I find something. Cause I just, I don't feel it has the flavor, uh, the higher proof, higher proteins, more flavor. Um, it's a funny story cause for the boys side of this group I do called adventure guides, you know, as we're trying to find things this year with COVID closed, we went to Dave and Buster's and, and all the boys. So everyone was psyched just for a day event. Got there at nine. They opened two hours early for us. Boys had full non-ticket games all day. And, you know, I don't know, $20, $30 worth of ticket games. Uh And I said, oh, it'll be fun. Talk to the guys. It's a big group on the guys' side. It's like 20-something dads, 20, 20 20-plus. Not everyone shows up for all the events, certainly not with COVID. 
uh, although the group didn't have any outbreaks the whole season. So I'm like, let's, let's do a game for the kids and we'll do a game for the dads. And uh, we'll, let's all pitch in five, 10 bucks. You know, who's in? And, and I said, well, wait, I'm organizing it. Let me, let me see what games they have, see which ones would be good. Cause 20 dads, you're going to have at least 20 boys. Uh, and uh, well, it was like 15. So, and I said, do we want to do a dad event? And they're like, hell yeah. So I got there and the manager at Dave and Buster's, I was talking to him and asked him to see if he could sponsor the game for the, the kids. He ended up covering the whole thing for the kids. So it was like, wow, that's awesome. Super, super, not a super, but their fancy little goblet that they have there. And he gave them like a $50 gift card to come back. Wow. That's awesome. So we'll take the 10 bucks and uh, I'll go get a nice bottle uh, at Total Wine for the dad game. So we get there, I take a walk around, not a lot. And the best thing that seemed to do was ski ball, right? Mm-hmm. You can knock five kids out at one time, five dads out. Eat, you know, everybody's will be there together. We can knock it out and have everyone there. And uh, there is scotch in this story, right? There is. So <laughs> okay, okay. I, got, I got this bottle. <laughs> I got the bottle of Kleinlish uh, for the for the dad game. So the kids do the ski ball, get the boy, one of the older boys won. It's close. And then the dads are going and they're doing pretty well. And I told them 30 minutes before, I said, this is the game. Go practice. I'm running around uh, and I'm not practicing. And, uh, but first. You're kind of a big deal. I I, I could kind of see where this is going. Second I'm kind job. of a big deal. No practice for me. Yes, this is good. Second job at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> we get like a handful of quarters every day just and shoot the shit. So. I remember ski ball. So I'm the last guy to go. Another guy gets like 350. Had a couple hundreds. And last ball, I sink a hundred to beat him. So the the gears were me winning. He <laughs> basically saying, Oh, we all chipped in for him to go uh get a nice bottle of scotch. <laughs> and, uh, just you know, uh, it was funny. You're a ski ball hustler is what, is yeah, you do. what I heard there. Oh, that was color uh, money right there. That was straight now, up. I did. Luckily, we had a, a meeting the week after, and I brought the bottle and cracked it open right there. for So all the guys had I let a, all of them watch you drink it. That was really nice of you. I didn't let them. Yeah. No, they all, they all had a drink. It was all good fun. It was uh, for the end of the Euro Cup qualifier. So, yeah, it was a good, it was a good, uh, good little scotch. That's my story. That's awesome. Danny, what do you got? Outstanding. Well, uh, we'll get more into the adventure groups later on when we get to uh, our parenting segment, because we want to know more about what you're doing. I finished off the last of the brown bracket winner. Little oh, single you still mob. have some of that left, huh? This is it. I finally finished all of the bottles from the bracket. Uh, because nice. when Leon, for those of you that aren't uh, paying attention to the pod, regular listeners understand the brown bracket. Uh, and pun's been with us since episode nine. It looks like uh, we decided to do a bracket during March Madness where Leon came up with 16 different whiskeys. And lo and behold, I didn't have about 14 of them. So I got to go out to the store and buy 14 <laughs> bottles in order to do his nice little activity. And You're welcome. took me a while to whittle those down. So we have finished the brown bracket and I can start moving on to other things. Certainly back to my beloved scotch and uh, more experimentation forthwith uh we do have the friend of the show busty bourbon batch triple b came on the show and we follow her instagram she has probably what 90 different bottles a week would you say 
<laughs> it's getting it's getting a little out of control. I, even today, uh, I think she made a quick trip to Costco because word on the street is their bourbon is uh, going to be a one and done. Whether or not that's true and just drive and drive demand, who knows? But she got four more bottles of it today. And let me tell you, if you have the ability, if you live in one of those states that actually allows Costco to sell their their booze, go get that bourbon. It's legit. It is so good. And it's way underpriced for the quality of bourbon it is. That's the Kirkland small batch. Yeah. But that's true for all a lot of the Costco alcohols. Their tequila, their Anejo tequila is amazing. Super mm-hmm. under, still 70 bucks, but I think it's it's probably up $21.50 where it's actually bottled. But for the brown, um, their their Kirkland 20, 20 plus year old scotches, mm-hmm. single barrel, single malt, uh, amazing deals at like I don't know, 50 bucks. You get a 20, 20 year old bourbon or a scotch. So, some of the best I've had. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a win. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's true. Their vodka is literally gray goose vodka. They literally just take it and put the Kirkland bottle label on it and fill it with gray goose. It is the same exact vodka. So, uh, and, and the partnership they made with the bourbon uh, company uh, 17, I can't remember the name of it right now. 72 or something. Yeah. Uh, great. It's, it's amazing. So it, Hey, go get it if you can. Uh, so we have, a, we have about eight bottles here just in case it does go. Uh, but it'll, I don't know. It's like, it's like 18 bucks a bottle. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's easily a 60 or $70 bottle. So it's good. It's uh, doomsday prepping. Mm-hmm. I think it's a six year pun. Yeah. I'm not against rinsing the shelf. So more power to her. That's, that's not a dig. I, I love her eyeball for the photography work that she does. And I love that she's gathering people for uh, the sampling and the wonder of the Brown that is the basis for this pod. So good on her. All right. We got our Brown and uh, that brings us to Brown news. This is the darkest Brown you got. Yeah. You're going to need a couple of things. You're going to need a shot glass and you're going to need some whiskey. And I got news for you. Today's Brown News comes from us from our friends over at the Whiskey Advocate. Dated June 28th, 2021. You can find this at whiskeyadvocate.com. Why your next whiskey purchase should be a mini bottle. We have talked about the mini bottles off and on. In your previous life in the world of aviation, you wanted mini bottles to be on the plane. And Mm -hmm. up until very recently, at least based on our little chats, it was very hard to find good stuff in the minis. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that seems to be changing. The article starts, once relegated to airplanes and mini bars, the 50 milliliter bottle became increasingly popular as a result of COVID-related restrictions, especially among craft distillers who were kept from hosting events or opening their tasting rooms. To stay afloat, small distilleries turned to minis, sending out samples for virtual tastings and connecting with drinkers from afar. Filling 50 milliliter bottles is notoriously difficult and normally not known as a profit center for craft business, but we saw them as an investment. So saith Gareth Moore, CEO of Virginia Distillery Company. The distillery launched its first single malt, Courage and Conviction, April 2020, at the start of the pandemic, and used 50 mil bottles as part of the rollout to reach more people. Thoughts on the minis, gentlemen? Well, I will tell you right off the bat, I'm a massive fan. We've talked about that in the past. I think there is nothing cooler. I When you guys were young, did you play with micro machines? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, miniature things are awesome. So unless you're one of those people that, you know, paints them or, you know, whatever, those, those types this of is, people. This sounds oddly familiar. <laughs> Oddly like what I probably said during the wedding night. Little, <laughs> little things are awesome. You know. Oh, yeah. Hey. If you would have thrown this, it's not the size that counts. I was going to shit myself. <laughs> but I would, they're awesome. I love them. I love them. But, you know, you got to pay attention to them because they do uh, evaporate out. And, you know, you can't just collect them and never drink them because you have to go and drink them. But they are, they, they look great on a bar. They're fun. I say keep them coming. I think I, some of my minis, my Plantons mini, uh, and I can't find them anywhere. I, I got so lucky that I got that Plantons mini, and I just, I'd love to see more of them. What about you, Pun? You, uh, you down uh, for the minis? You know, anything that helps destroy the earth faster, and I think as much waste as possible, mm-hmm. it makes it taste better. You're tasting free. <laughs> I like them to be made out of baby seal if, if possible, right. so they can make that happen. Or the, those dolphins in Japan, or yeah, yeah baby <laughs> seals and uh, tears. Um, I haven't had them. Uh, you I haven't had, had a mini? No. Okay. Uh, maybe I have. I had Jameson or something. Party. Never, never bought one. I did look when I was getting in super into scotch and bourbon. I looked at that uh, mail order. Uh, Rick gives you either way. <laughs> she comes with the bottle. I've got a ticket. I've got a... As long as she comes with, yeah, she comes with the bottle. <laughs> she, on the other hand, not many, not many, not at that bargain price. I, I don't know. I, from what I, okay. Like, All in a contract. I, Just read the fine print. A Russian bride that, and so I know he did it at work because we kept getting spammed at work about the Russian brides. It's hilarious. <laughs> But uh, no, they usually do pretty well. The rest, those Russian brides. Just, just saying. I mean, I looked at the catalog. I didn't put anything in the cart. Yeah, you heard from a friend. I got it. We've all heard that. Yeah, they they are apparently pretty good looking. Probably <laughs> a good cart to abandon. <laughs> pre, get a prenup, but yeah. Oh, we have derailed. We, we have, have not. derailed. The article so goes on. <clears throat> <laughs> the article goes on. The benefit of, quote, try before you buy, unquote, applies especially to more expensive whiskeys. If the pandemic left some strapped for cash, minis offer a way to sample and enjoy something new without a big outlay. James Saxon, assistant whiskey master of Compass Box, says the company has seen an uptick in sales of the 50 mil gift pack, which includes the Pete Monster, Spice Tree, Story of the Spaniard, and is currently exploring how to offer more whiskeys in the smaller format. People who wouldn't have felt inclined to splurge on a full bottle have the confidence to give a new brand or expression a try when the format is smaller. The consumer feels happier getting to try more whiskeys without needing to spend a lot of money. You know where this is fun? And I, I can't remember if we talked about it when we were around the holiday season, but uh, Triple B and I have got the um, the advent calendars for whiskey, and they're mm-hmm. fun. That's 100%. so fun. Each one, you, you know, the day you open, it used to be chocolate when I was a kid. But now it's like, oh, what's what's this mini of whisk going to be? And some of them are garbage. Like, just like Jesus wanted. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> 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 yes. 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 Hey, yes, Leon, yeah. where are you going? Come back. <laughs> what do you do on Easter? Uh, oh, that's a good one. Is there an Easter brown? <laughs> there needs to be. You know, if Cadbury would put brown inside their eggs, oh. I think they'd sell a lot more. 
the bunny brown. <laughs> Next year. Well, everybody bites off the ears of those big giant bunnies. When I was a kid, I'd pour water in it and say chocolate milk. But I, I, I just threw one away from Easter. We keep those things. We never eat a block of chocolate. It's so wasteful. Aren't the bunnies hollow? Yeah. There's not all of them. No. Oh, the solid one's got to be tits, the only dude. kind of milk chocolate. None of them is you know, dark chocolate. We're not ballers like you, Prime. Yeah, we have to get the hollow bunnies. We don't get the solid ones. Solid bunnies. No. All right, so <laughs> solid bunnies and brown coming to you next Easter. Uh, so they got some interesting ones here. There's not ones that I would pick out if we were going to say, yeah, let's try some expensive stuff because it's cheap. The Virginia Distillery Company's Courage and Conviction, which I'd never heard of, is eight bucks for a 50 mil bottle. Uh, Catoctin Creek Roundstone Rye is $4. That's worth it. Amrit Peated Single Malt, $6. That's worth it. Uh, my beloved Johnny Blue for $20 for a mini. That just seems like losing a bet to me. That's yeah. steep. Woodford for five bucks. I can see it. Yes. Uh, down here, Pendaren Madeira. That sounds British or uh, Brazilian. Candied orange and lemon slices, toasted spices, herb garden, light vanilla. Do you guys get these things from your bourbons and scotch at your whiskeys? You, no, you- we got the girl with the funky... Uh, descriptions coming back again. We like to talk to her. I'd love to get her on the pod and say, where do you, uh, where do you find these combinations of flavors? But they probably get them from the manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, well, they should be, you should be able to, you know, go blind and have at least, I mean, if you're somewhat into whiskeys, right, your palate should be close enough to where it's not 80 proof and all you feel is a burn. So I know I've gotten some good stuff off some of my better scotches, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really part of the fun thing of trying them. It's looking to see, do you get any of this? Like, who's this asshole that wrote seashells? <laughs> How do you know what that tastes like? Do you guys ever watch Ralphie? Ralphie May the Comedian? <sighs> Ralphie, doc, Ralphie he, he's a big Scotch, whiskey, mostly Scotch drinker. He's in Scotland, but he's, he'd come off and he would literally say, it's like spearmint. And then he would pause and he would say, oh, and peppermint too. <laughs> he said vintage cranberries one time. Vintage. Vintage cranberries. Vintage. Yeah. You're just throwing words out there. No, I mean to to what pun is saying brine, seashells, ashiness, and a floral so peat the, influence. No, that doesn't come to me when I'm drinking anything at all. Well, yeah. I mean yeah. The, the brine, the salt water I've gotten, the peat, yeah. I mean, those are really big ones that you should be able to those are almost, we use leather a lot though. Who's eating leather? Like a nice warm leather. I, I don't want to taste leather. I don't know. I might push back on that one a little bit. When I'm drinking Johnny Green, that first pull tastes like liquid leather. Just it's got that really. Yeah. I think ah. Woodford. Now I don't. Woodford I don't put leather, leather in my mouth. So Stop again, it. all of this is leather. semantic. Well, hold on, Danny. Yes, you do. Not all the time. <laughs> Not right now. Trust. Me. Try it. <laughs> uh, then we got. Uh, <laughs> So this one caught my eye here. Bushmills Red Bush. Uh, that was your nickname in two dollars. Well, here's mm. my problem. Look at the first ingredient on the list. Cinnamon. Well, not only is it cinnamon once, later in the sentence, cinnamon again. Haven't we outlawed cinnamon whiskey? Like, isn't that an oxymoron, a contradiction in terms? Are we allowed to say cinnamon? Yeah, why don't they just call it fireball then? They should. Is that what we're, I think, is that what we're talking know. about? 
that's okay. These are the notes, right? Not the ingredients, right? Yeah. Okay. So, can you describe what tarty tatin tastes like to me? Mm, that's a good one. Sultanas, sweet creme brulee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's got a sweet feel to it. Uh, to round out the list is the Crown Royale Northern Harvest Rye for the Canadians oh. because rye is we've kind of we've kind of delegated rye to the Canadians in past episodes. So that's a ninety-one point three dollar fifty mil. That one's got prunes, peaches, red apple skins, and a bouquet of flowers. All I want is some bananas. Shh. Go ahead, take those bananas. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm not surprised to see that. Um, a lot of those Canadian ones are sweeter. So I guess if you were to pick out all those notes, they all seem to have a, a sweet mm, background to it. Good stuff when you're Apple up there in the cold. Right? Although it's not really cold lately. We're recording this in uh, early July, and apparently British Columbia got cooked. Welcome to Phoenix, motherfuckers. <laughs> That rounds out brown news. Brown news. Brown news. We'll be right back. And we're back. Let's get into business news. News team, assemble. Get down, let's get down to business. Today's business news comes to us from CNBC, the choice in news that only a select few watch. But it sounded interesting enough to me that I wanted it on the show. Dollar General hires chief medical officer as it looks to become a healthcare destination in rural areas. Dollar General wants to make a push into healthcare. Customers will see more health products on shelves, such as cold and cough medication and dental supplies. CEO Todd Vasos said the company was inspired by customers who said they wanted more affordable healthcare products and services. Good on you. Dollar General said Wednesday that it has hired its first chief medical officer and will add products such as cold and cough medication, dental supplies. Uh, our goal is to build and enhance affordable healthcare offerings for our customers, especially in the rural communities we serve. The fast-growing discounter has more than 17,400 stores across the country, including many in rural areas that don't have many other grocers or major pharmacies nearby. However, it's been criticized by some lawmakers for selling few healthy foods, such as fresh fruits and vegetables, and boxing out other retailers that would otherwise open in the areas and sell a wider array of groceries. In recent years, Dollar General has added fresh produce and meats to some of its stores. It has fresh produce in more than 1,300 of those 17,000, or roughly 7%. It is said it may expand that assortment up to 10,000 stores. On Wednesday, the retailer said it hired Dr. Albert Wu as its chief medical officer. He previously worked for McKinsey, where he led a team that focused on healthcare-related projects, such as providing care to thousands of rural patients, modeling how to support pandemic relief efforts, and designing a digitally-driven health insurance. Wu joined Dollar General on Monday. According to the press release, Dollar General said he will focus on building relationships with companies that provide healthcare products and services so the retailer can roll out its own offerings. So this is all about selling the products. They're not going to go full CVS at this point and put in like a minute clinic. Is what this is saying. It doesn't look like it. No, it doesn't look. So when you say healthcare is a nebulous term, right? Everything is healthcare. Right. right. So they're going to sell Advil is what they're saying. 
ibuprofen. Well, I mean, there, there is a place for the dollar store in any market. Uh, specifically, if you want to go in and get things because they are cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I'm not going to say that it's. Yeah, fuck it. I'll just say it. We went in and we wanted to do something fun for the kids. So we got cheap little plastic buckets, a dollar each. We got mm-hmm. shaving cream, a dollar each. We mm-hmm. got blocks of dry ice, a dollar each. And we got a thing of food coloring, a dollar each. And we went home for the uh, strategic price of $8 or so. And we put three buckets out for five, five, and nine. And we filled it up with water. We poured the shaving cream all over. We dumped the dry ice in, and then we used the food coloring. And the kids just played with this dry ice mad scientist concoction, got at least a half hour out of it. So eight bucks for half an hour of a child's attention. Thank you, Dollar Store. I was going to ask, do you have you ever shopped at Dollar Store? I did a lot when I lived in Ohio because it was actually one of the closest stores to me. I'm not like falling out of my chair knowing that they're going to sell some of these products. I was going to be shocked to, to hear that they were going to be giving actual medical care. <laughs> Cause I don't know where, where did you get your, uh, where'd you get your vaccine? A dollar store. Yeah. That's maybe you shouldn't go there. <laughs> it just seems like, so it just, the, the two don't go together cheap, which is what they, that's their brand, right? Dollar store. It's yeah. literally on the side. It's we're cheap. That's what we are. We're, yeah. we're comfortable with that. We're cheap. Uh, and we embrace that. And then you combine that with medical supplies and medical things. And it starts to feel icky, you know? Yeah. I mean, the irony yeah. is a healthcare related product could be condoms. So what exactly are we talking about yeah, here? I, that's what I mean. Yeah. They're, they're already, they're already selling, they sell medicine. I've been there. They sell condoms. They're going to look to sell the stuff that the, all the, those customers have to buy and probably get government assistance regardless. And they're going to they're going to sell them at the same price as everybody else, like CVS, whatever. And they're probably you know, they, I don't know if they'll have a pharmacist. They might have an on call like a nurse that's there, but those people are all paid the same and they get the same certifications. Yeah. So they they have the customer base, and that customer base is going to have just fixed expenses and and medical products. So if they can get them there, they can steal all the money, not steal, take, you know, market share from all the other guys. It's an interesting article because they're highlighting the fact that they, they're really pushing the the rural part of this to say, we are bringing things. Yeah. We're bringing things to the people out in the sticks that don't have access to these things. And uh, when the government or the criticism is that they're preventing someone else from coming in. And that's why they're there, because nobody would go in. So what, are those people just supposed to sit and wait? It's crazy. It's yeah, you're, you're saying the small business argument that they're wiping them out? Well, they're, yeah, saying so now no one can go in. It's like, well, nobody was in. That's why there's a dollar general. Right. It's rural areas that no one was going into. And now that there's a market, you want to come in, but, oh, we sell prices too low or price too low? No, thanks. I was thinking about that as you guys were talking. So when you go into a gas station mini mart, they're going to have inflated prices. In fact, they make most of their margin from the stuff in the convenience store and they expect you to go in and pay for gas and buy a bag of chips or a soda or a hot dog or whatever. And the reason they do that is because the gas is the draw. They get you in for the gas and then they take you 
while you're there. And then I wonder, does that apply to the CVSs and the Rite Aids and the pharmacies of the world? Is they get you in for the pharmacy while you're there, you pay too much for a bottle of Advil. 100%. Whatever. So uh, in the article here, it says drugstores in particular have been a place where Dollar General is stealing market share. Dollar General's prices tend to be 40% cheaper than drugstores, 20% cheaper than grocery stores, and in line with mass market retailers, according to uh, this research firm's uh, research. So the idea is if you're going in for something else and they happen to be getting you, yeah, you want to do a one-stop shop. So you walk into a, a Kroger, like you guys have Ralph's and we have fries. You walk into a grocery store, you get all the groceries that you need because that's why you're there. And then you go, oh, while I'm here, why don't I just go get some Tylenol? And you end up paying like $12 a bottle. So it, it makes sense that this could provide some market competition in areas where the products are the same. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. I think it, it feels like an uneventful announcement. It feels more like a marketing announcement, especially if Pun's saying he's been in there and he's seen these things before. I feel like they might be leveraging the current climate out there and you know, saying that they're one of the good guys and hey, we're gonna do this for you, America. But really they've been doing it all along. So no, they're gonna I I bet they're, they're gonna do they're gonna extend that. That's can't be what it is. They've already that's not a change. They're going to look to get someone in to do basic general nursing stuff, blood pressure, vaccines. Um, I, you know, and I think the goal will be to get into the pharmacy. Yeah, which I think everybody wants to get into. So basic consumer healthcare staples like flu shots, blood pressure, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think puns hit the nail on the head with this one. It'd be nice if the dollar store had like a like a peep show peep show section in the back. You know that that's that's what mm-hmm. I want to see. That would be an announcement. The dollar show, peep show in the back. Yeah, there's another dollar store. It's called a strip club. <laughs> that is never a dollar, and you know it. <laughs> well, you don't go into the dollar store and spend one dollar. That's just for each item. <laughs> You're stupid. What are you going to do today, Napoleon? What do I want? God. All right. Let's do a quick one before we uh, pull out, so to speak. Uh, I am, as people that follow the podcast know, an avid fan of HBO. And as I am a DC Comics super fan, also anything under the Warner Brothers catalog, I'm not a fan of their management. I'm not a fan of how they make decisions as to what movies to make. Uh, They do have a wonderful catalog of movies, most of which are in my top 10. But I am have been an avid supporter of HBO Max as a platform. I think it has the best source of IP even more than Disney. And I am willing to go to school with anybody on that one. In this particular case, we're talking about an email that went out and it was basically a integration test email number one. And most people looked at it and went, all right, they messed up. It was probably somebody that didn't know what they were doing. It was a mistake and they let it go. But the internet, of course, did not. So what eventually happened was HBO Max official account came on and said, we mistakenly sent out an empty test email to a portion of our HBO Max mailing list this evening. We apologize for the inconvenience. And as the jokes pile in, yes, it was the intern. No, really. (laughs) And we're helping them through it. So the funny part about this is it started a firestorm on social media, specifically Twitter of people calling going, yeah, I have my own intern story. And so I thought at least for a few brief minutes, do you guys have that one story about your first job that just reminds you that whoever it was that sent this is not an idiot? They're just learning. I actually, I do. I have one of those and, and everyone's made the, oops, I shouldn't have sent that, that email. Uh, there was a, it, my last job, but early, early on, 
first year there, they they did 360 evaluations. So your 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 manager would evaluate you as much as your peers and maybe people that report to you. But we were at the bottom of the chain, so there was nobody reporting to us at the time. So during my peer review, somebody who was a friend of mine, for whatever reason, <laughs> I decided to be brutally honest in this review <laughs> and just let her have it and, uh, you know, wish that she would do this or do that and, uh, you know, all this stuff. You know where the story's going. They sent these surveys to all of the team and you're supposed to reply to your manager. But I replied to all and I everybody on the team, uh, roughly 20 people and the person I was reviewing all got that review. So it was uh, mortifying, to say the least. Everyone was laughing at me. Uh, she wouldn't talk to me for days. But <laughs> after a while, it became a really funny oops. And uh, you better believe I, I make sh- damn sure who's ever in that two and uh and cc line before i hit send now hard lesson to learn i got sent to take a bag of fries from mcdonald's over to ralph's and so the guy who was training me was part of his funny joke haha new kid mcdonald's 15 and a half 16 he goes, yeah, here, take this bag of fries. And uh, we're starting to sell these over at Ralph's now, which is the Kroger in California. And he said, mm-hmm. just take the bag of uh, take the bag of fries over there and just ask for the store, any store manager, whatever. It's just, they go and they put it back in the, in the freezer section. And it's like, you know, Ralph's has McDonald's fries now. Uh, Cause you know how good they are. I was like, yeah, I don't, McDonald's fries are awesome. He goes, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So just take the bag of fries over there. No problem. And I walked my ass across the parking lot and I rolled into the Ralph's and I asked for the store manager and the guy comes up and he goes, okay. And he saw the shirt. He saw the shirt. He saw the hat. He saw this earnest look in my face. And he was like, I hate to tell you, kiddo, we don't do that here. And of course there's me with a gigantic brown bag of frozen McDonald's fries, which that's technically shoplifting or stealing or whatever. Uh, he said, why don't you take it back? And I did. And when I got back in, the trainer was laughing his ass off. And of course the store manager wasn't in on it. So it was my fault, but yeah, welcome to the, uh, thanks for coming a out. Little, a little light hazings. There's nothing wrong with that. Fun. You, I know in your serving history, you've got to have one, but uh, that's why, that's why I went back. Cause I couldn't, I'm pretty, pretty cautious in the office. First job, Don Jose's. I'm a host, so we do the calling at the you know the podium, this and that. Yeah, uh, Mexican and restaurant. Usually, right? a guy that does yeah. the, the names and calls. The other guy or gal will go and seat the people. So, I, I'm at the the names and and microphone, and you know me. And if it was a, we had another guy in the football team who was who I would work with, so we would you know mess around a little bit. Well, this couple walks in. And this, the girl was absolutely gorgeous, like just gorgeous. And the, the guy was like a big Hispanic guy, big going to the gym. He's just crazy big. And uh, we're like, oh my God, like what, 15? Because it was a work permit, 16. We're just like, oh my, enamored by this girl. And we're joking and laughing and it was happening really quick. And then their name came up. And uh, I grabbed the mic, the, the microphone. I was getting ready. So I was like, I'm like, oh, here, here they come. But I had act by 
muscle memory had already clicked it. And, and before I said, I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> until i realized and i just walked away when the guy and i said you call the name i'm leaving <laughs> so it was pretty funny oh uh, we've all stories, been there every intern is gonna have that fun time on the job oh yeah and uh for anybody listening if you are an intern it's okay if you were an intern you know exactly what happened what a great response from HBO, though. I absolutely love that. You know, yes. I am a no, firm really. believer that honesty is the best ad copy. Just be authentic. Yeah, we messed yeah. up. It was the intern. Sorry. Glad most of you had a laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And what happened was it went viral. We didn't like hurt anybody. Talking about it. No, I'm going to disagree. That's not a real apology. They, they're they lying. They're not, what, what was the, the email they sent was some, it was a real email, wasn't it? Yeah. And that's all it said. It was, it said integration test email and that was it. And it was, it was probably something that was supposed to be done for an internal server update, oh, uh, but oh, it went well, out to no the actual content, distribution no list. content inside that. Yeah. No. Okay. It's, yeah. To me, I don't even know why they would apologize for that. Because uh, the internet went on fire. But you know happened. what I'm talking about? These people who say, oh, we mistakenly sent out an email that was in draft form and this, and it was, and the content in it was like horrid, like, at a school, like no more parent, you know, parents get 10 seconds and in, in PTA or something like, Oh, we sent out a test email, a draft. They just got hammered. And now they're lying about it being a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I don't Danny, know why they apologize for that. Danny, well, you got to read some of these responses. Will, uh, awesome. Well, I'm only going to do one. I'm going to close it out with the most famous intern of all time. Dear intern, it gets better. P.S. Don't wear a beret for a while, okay? Monica Lewinsky. No way. That's awesome. That's awesome. That wraps up our business news. Let's go to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. Yes. We have two for the crank file today. We're going to go to, uh, let's jump into the, let's do a quick one here for this one comes from sfgate.com. This is from Gillette, Wyoming. Wyoming man calls to ask why he wasn't arrested, comma, is arrested. I was so wishing this guy was from Florida because it would have been perfect. But alas, (laughs) Wyoming takes the cake this week. Because Wyoming. That's that's lazy reporting. They normally say the, the, the name. And then they say where he's from. If so, originally from Florida, you probably would be like, oh, I bet there's deeper work that could have been done there. Possibly. (laughs) A Wyoming man who asked a sheriff's dispatcher why he hadn't been arrested soon found himself in handcuffs. The 62-year-old man called the Campbell County Sheriff's Office on Thursday to ask why he had not been arrested after deputies raided his house the previous day. Just marinate on that for a sec. House (laughs) raided. If you've ever had multiple police in your home, under the guise of we deserve to be here and then they go away. That's when you start buying lottery tickets. You go to Vegas because you're very, very lucky. You don't go back to them and say, Hey, Miss Parker, you forgot homework. (laughs) And you can't (laughs) asked why he should be arrested. The man said math. The man also told the dispatcher 10 young men were following him. Uh, Here's the funny part. Nobody had raided the man's house or was planning to arrest him. After the call, a deputy spotted the man driving and followed when he pulled off the road. 
the Gillette News reported. The man allegedly told the deputy he had used methamphetamine a day and a half before and was still high. He did poorly on sobriety tests and was arrested for driving under the influence of a controlled substance. Never do field sobriety tests. Woo! That's like Methamphetamine. That's a crazy drug. For six or three years old, that's, that's a heavy drug. For six, you'd think you'd want to relax. I know. He can probably do some serious pull-ups. People are built a little different in Wyoming, let's be honest. The, the, yeah, they're, they're built tough. That, that's tough. Perhaps. You've been up there, right? I mean, uh, that whole quadrant of the U.S. is not built the same as the rest of the U.S. I really Montana, I South Dakota, uh, Wyoming, that whole area is a whole different breed of person. And they are, they're tough. That's all I can say. I don't I'm want to take to say any there's of a section of this union I have not experienced. It's from uh, from Washington down to Reno, over to Denver, over to Chicago, and so that entire northern kind of ready to be annexed by Canada flank. I have never. Sad to say, it's nice. It's 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 nice up there. There's a lot of nothing, but there's a lot of beauty too. And well, I hear I hear Montana Montana's, you know, you finger to God, like it's. One of the most beautiful places ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Where, where's Glacier National Park? Is that up? Is that is that where that is? It's, uh, it's Alaska, I think. No. Am I? No. Maybe I'm thinking the wrong one. Glacia. Mm-hmm. Well, Yellowstone. Right. Yellowstone's in Montana, right? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's a fun little romp into Wyoming. Let's get back to the main story for the crank file. This one comes from CNN. California's historic drought is causing drinking water to taste like dirt. Just add lemon, officials say. <laughs> As a Californian? Well, yeah, I mean, we're all Californians here, so you know exactly what's going on here. Uh, the article begins, something is off about Sacramento's water. It smells and tastes a little earthy, quote unquote. Residents are saying an effective compounding climate change crisis, extreme heat, little to no precipitation, and a historic drought that has gripped the region for the better part of a decade. Up and down the state of California, rivers, streams, and reservoirs are drying up. In Sacramento, that's led to an increase in the concentration of geosmin. G- geosmin? Sound it out. Sound it G-E-O-S-M-I-N. out. G-E-O-S-M-I-N. Rocks, minerals, whatever. Gritty. Increase in the concentration of geosmin in drinking water, one of two organic compounds that gives soil its characteristic smell. It might not taste great, city officials say, but it's still safe to drink. Sacramento Utilities officials said they had to put out a statement after receiving calls from residents complaining about the taste. We realize it's unpleasant, Carlos Eliason, the city's utility spokesperson, <laughs> told CNN. The earthy taste that some of our customers are experiencing is harmless and can be neutralized by adding some lemon or putting it in the refrigerator. I can't believe that's actually the way they're addressing this. Uh, your water tastes like dirt because we're running out of it. Uh, yeah, just sprinkle some, sprinkle some yeah. lemon in there. You'll be good. I was going to have some cereal, but there ain't no milk. Use water. <laughs> The best part is that uh, SoCal is the one stealing Sacramento's water. So I love how every year NorCal's like, we're dry, we're in the worst drought of our lives. And we're down here watering our lawns with their water. I, I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Fun fact about California history. Mulholland locked up water rights 
from Sacramento. So when you're driving Mulholland Drive, that road is named after the dude that stole all of North Carolina's water. If you if you go back and look at the, the sectioning off or basically the districting of water and, and where the dams are, it was absolutely brutal. Like farmers like rioting, they, they literally told them we're cutting off water to your valley. Uh, it was, you know, you could probably find a ton of really good stories of, you know, uh, arson, uh, bombings in, in when they're building the dams. It's a crazy story that, that someone can come in and just turn off your water. Mm -hmm. I remember watching a, a 60 minutes, uh, story about when, uh, Arnold was governor and they said, Arnold, what are you going to do? And Arnold said, well, I have a, apparently I have a problem to deal with that I never thought was possible. And it was about water. Mm -hmm. And of course it was the way he said it water. And they went in and they talked about the Sacramento Delta and they talked about water rights and about how the metropolitan water district in Los Angeles basically owns all of the water in the state where it comes from Tahoe and it just kind of pipes down to Southern California. Uh, it was, it was a fascinating expose of, California is so big that it makes it makes a little bit of sense from a certain point of view to have it be two states. You got two Carolinas, you got two Dakotas. Why not have two Californias? Uh, because the the reality of life in the North and life in the South is just so diametrically opposed to each other. Oh yeah, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, the, the people in the North and the people in the South are not the same, and they are openly and proud to admit they're not the same. Uh, so that I think that's how those conversations start. But, hey, we have an even number of states right now, so let's see what happens. We break. <laughs> we end up going. Yeah, I mean, should you split no California, you got to split something else. There's, there's no yeah, way you can yeah. have an odd number of states. That's just unacceptable. Nah, it's too many flags to remake. Tell you what, though, Washington, D.C. becomes a state. Boom, to California. Boom, to California. It'll be immediate. How many, how many Alaskas, though? That's the question. Oh, Alaska. <laughs> After more than a decade of extreme drought, it's not unusual for Sacramento's water to taste a little off. It just doesn't usually start to taste funky until the late summer, early fall, when water levels are at their lowest. It's not clear how high the geosmin concentration will get in the coming months as lakes and reservoirs continue to dry up. But given the trends, it will likely increase. Future improvements and expansions to Sacramento's water treatment plants could eliminate such compounds. We're evaluating different treatment technologies to adapt to some of these dry conditions. Uh, our goal is to always provide high quality, good tasting drinking water. And we want to do that as much as possible. I don't even know what that even means. I like to uh, make that, it exciting to have goal. a California representative be a New York Jew. <laughs> Uh, already, California initials announced Thursday that because of the fast depleting water supply at Northern California's Lake Orville, they will likely be forced to shut down the Edward Hyatt power plant for the first time since 1967 when it opened. I'm not, I'm telling you, I, when was the last time it rained here? Three weeks at least, right? Three Serious or four business. weeks. I mean, is it, yeah, it's here, but yeah, it's not raining. But, I mean, it's, we get, we get a what a seven year, really good seven to ten year storm in Southern California. I know I remember it happening a couple times, where it just damn near fills. And every year when it rains, they say, "Oh, it's over. The drought's over." But yeah, yeah you're talking about El Nino and those baseball fields. 
No, this is this is just a standard storm that we get. I mean, um, you know, when there was definitely one when we were kids, just where we go into Old Altora Road, where that yeah. thing was literally six feet high. Mm-hmm. At that little stream. Yeah, um, we had one when I was in um, Portola Hills in the townhome. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We, you know, it, but it it takes a while. Do you guys know those baseball fields next to Mission Viejo Lake? Yeah, that would be six They're or seven out. feet of water. Yeah, they flood out. Yeah, I, I, it definitely happens. And I think since I've been here, I, it's it's weird for me because obviously I grew up here. Then I left and went to a place where the sun shines like three months a year, but it's pretty much cloudy or rainy all the time. And then come back here and not see rain for weeks and weeks is really, and then to hear that, hey, you know, this... Even this isn't normal. This is this is pretty dry, even for California. Uh, but you know what happens though? It's pick your disaster, right? Okay, that's great. You don't have any water, so next year shouldn't really be a bad fire season because nothing grew. But then you get the big the big rainy season. Puns talking about the next two three years. Prepare for fire season because you just grew everything up. Everything gobbled up all the water, all the shrubs everywhere. And next thing you know, you got three years of fire. So it's going to burn. Yeah. Yeah. The State Water Resources Control Board also sent out a notice last week about the lack of water availability to thousands of water rights holders in the Sacramento San Joaquin region. The notice urged water users in the agricultural, municipal, recreation, and environmental protection sectors to preserve the rapidly declining water supply to meet demands for the current following year. Uh, one thing that people don't realize is the California Central Valley is one of the great feeders of the entire country in terms of agricultural production. And so the idea of water as a scarce resource isn't just something out of a science fiction novel, uh, one of the best of all time, I might add. Uh, but this is just something that keeps popping up in California. And I don't remember us paying too much attention to it as kids, but every year it's like, we're out of water, we're out of water. What are we going to do? It's, well, fuck, man. You got to deal with it sometime. I just, I, I find it ironic that, you know, my saying has been on the show, Pine, you haven't heard it that often, I'm sure, but I keep saying over and over, and we still haven't cured cancer. What I should be saying is we still haven't been desalinizing the water. Like we are literally boarding, bordering a large, massive body of water and we can't figure out a cheap enough way to pull the salt out of it and throw it on our fields. We're all talking about how it's supposed to be rising, so we might as well pull it. Yeah, pull it, throw it it on the land and we'll be good to go. It'll get sucked out of the land, go up in clouds and dump more water on people. We could help. We could help the earth. What's not to like? You got a sugar epidemic? Let's just start salting our food. Yeah. There you go. So uh, let's move on to a special portion of the crank file. It's one of Leon's favorites because <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Mainly because I live there. I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to giggle at that. I'm a Florida. So this week's because Florida comes to us from the Miami Herald. It's the Florida Keys news. It's not specific to Florida, although because Hurricane Elsa is barreling through, we like to talk about what comes from Floridians because it's written by somebody in Florida and it's talking about hurricanes. So to be fair, 
We could talk about Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, anybody within the Gulf states region, because hurricanes do affect them, the Carolinas as well. But because hurricanes pretty much batter Florida, this really applies to Floridians. The U.S. Seven, is dick. Seven stupid things we do during a storm that can get us killed. So let's look at dumb Floridians as a way of educating ourselves as to what not to do. So I say this based on things are changing. There are heat waves in Portland. You're probably going to see storms in other areas of the country. You're going to see weather patterns that are no longer regional. So with the possibility that the Magic 23 is living in an area that doesn't deal with hurricanes, maybe they will. Number one, don't X the windows with tape. Are you still taping your windows? Do you drive with your blinkers on during the rain too? When you run tape over your windows, you aren't making them stronger. Rather, they should be pummeled by flying debris and still break. The solution is plywood. Or let the windows break into small pieces that won't cause potential harm to anybody inside the house. Uh, this one made me laugh. Don't crack open the windows to relieve pressure. <laughs> that sounds uniquely Floridian. Uh, water isn't your only enemy. That's the wind too. When you scrimp on money or personal energy and only board or shutter the windows that face a body of water, you're making a mistake. Hurricanes move and rotate as do the tornadoes they often spawn. So don't assume the winds will come from one direction. Don't push back on a Boeing door or window. Despite your best efforts, a powerful storm could lead to the surreal visual of your doors and windows bending to the pressure. They may or may not hold, but you aren't going to help them by pushing back or leaning against them, no matter how much you weigh. Am I the only one on this podcast that's been through a hurricane or two? I certainly have Yeah, I've been through a couple. Fun? And it's, it, it's so, these are actually striking a chord with me. I'm one of those people that did tape the windows. And here's why we tape the windows. Uh, because of the wind. So I was going to bring it up when you were naming that. Of course, if you have a flying debris that's going to smash your window, that's not a benefit. But I watched my windows bow like crazy, thinking that is going to go and just shatter all over me. And that's when they, they were taped. Now, I don't know if it did or didn't help. Uh, I lived in an apartment. I'm broke. I, I, I'm I'm not going to go out and buy a bunch of plywood for this scenario. I can afford a roll of tape. I can't afford a bunch of plywood and cut it up and put it up on my apartment windows. But I will tell you the the removing the pressure thing is hilarious because you could the windows that broke because of the hurricane. You could it changed the pressure of the whole building, and you felt it immediately. And then the hallway started sucking wind out and you just, you just heard it. Vroom, vroom, vroom. And it, it's, it's gnarly that it's real, real hardcore pressure. Uh, when, when one of those windows or doors goes out. So I understand why people are doing this. I know we usually pick on Floridians for being stupid, but when you're watching your doors and your windows sway in and out and in and out, you're like, it's just like when you're driving in your car, you're like, have you ever rolled down one window and you got that? You open up the other window, just crack it. It's fine. The same thing's true in these, you know, if you have 
one of your neighbors or whatever that's causing that issue, if you just crack a window or something, that will go away. So I understand why people are doing it because I did it. It was it was obnoxious until I relieved that pressure in the apartment. So that's my two cents on that. You're actually offering a rebuttal to this article. I'm offering a rebuttal. I love it. I don't. I, 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 I a couple of those things. I'm like, I, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, I thought this article was going to be about, hey, don't go walk around like an idiot, which I did that too. But some well, of these things. Go ahead. girl. When you were walking around, I, I got to kick in a door like a like a hero champion champion like everyone dreams of the scenario but i was outside like a moron in a hurricane and uh don't worry i had i had uh a scuba mask on my eyes to protect me so i was good to go because the rain hurts so bad at, at 90 mile an hour wind the, that is a scene from a movie my friend <laughs> and i've made a clip so maybe one day we'll share it with the uh with the magic what are we 24 now we're up to 23 23 magic 23 the uh but yeah i will i was outside during the hurricane and there was a woman out on her patio screaming because at that point if you decide to stay they tell you no emergency personnel is going to come help you you this is a mandatory evacuation if you didn't leave when we told you you're on your own so this woman's out there screaming and I, and she's like, oh, my door's locked. My door's locked. I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? I, I don't have the key to your house. She's like, kick the door in. I'm like, what unit are you? So I went up there and I, I got to kick in her door and then open up her slider to let her back in. But uh, not a great time for a cigarette. Don't go out for a cigarette during a hurricane. That should That's be so one of these. That should be one of these tips. Well, good segue. Use flashlights, not candles. Well, that, yeah, um, I'm for that. Stay inside unless you must venture out. <laughs> Busted. Why did I why did I open my mouth before you finish the list? Well, the last one on the list is interesting to me because never run a generator if your windows are open. Really? Do not run a generator from Carbon inside your house or garage, even if you have the doors and windows open. Fire hazard. The same warning applies to running it from your balcony when you live in a multi-unit building like an apartment or townhouse. Balconies are too close to your own living areas and to your neighbor's homes. And if you have a gas stove, keep the generator far from the kitchen or gas water heater or gas powered washers and dryers. Also, never run a generator on grass or on a metal surface. Make sure the surface is dry before starting your generator and keep your hands dry too. And never connect the generator to your home's wiring system, fuse box or circuit breaker, unless you have already had a qualified electrician install a transfer switch. If not correctly connected, the power can flow outside the house to the power lines and fatally injure workers who are there trying to restore power to everyone. I got a comment about that one. We had a power out. I do have a gasoline uh, generator. Power went out in Ohio. This was in the wintertime. Uh, and it's just, it's just a normal generator, but I wanted to plug in the fridge and a couple other things uh, when it went out. So I had it. I want to say at least 10, 20, it had to be 20 feet at least away from any open windows in this place. And I was running the extension cord through the crack of that window. That's all I had. I mean, I, that's what I had to do, but I had it way around the corner. And then uh, we were running it for about two hours. I was, we were asleep. All the carbon monoxide alarms started going off in the house. 
probably about an hour and a half or two into it. And I was like, what the hell is going on? But it was, the, the, the air was just siphoning around the corner of the house, up through the window in the crack where I had the extension cord into us and, and carbon monoxide, carbon monoxiding our, us out. So because of the generator. Yeah. Because of the generator. Oh shit. Yeah. So that's, that's real. That's not something that, you know, I thought I was totally safe by putting it as far around the corner as I did, but it just funneled right in. So must we're be a pressure. People. The brand bulletin is real shit. We're, we're saving lives, <laughs> saving lives today. So that uh, closes out the crank file and our business news. So without further ado, gentlemen, I believe I'm out. I'm out. All right, guys. Happy Enjoy night. this, boys. Take care. Thanks for joining, Pun. Thanks for the invite. Special guest, Pun. Glad to have you back, Leon. Until next time, everybody. This place is dead anyway, man. <laughs>